1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
0: Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker and we appreciate you joining us today as we break down the Tennessee Titans 42-16 win over the Buffalo Bills on what was a rare Tuesday night game, but it finally happened. The Titans got to play. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the three things that have happened for the Titans since their Tuesday night game. And whew, we're going to have a little bit of fun. It's a victory edition of the show. But before we get started, I want to ask, do you believe? But the wait is finally over and football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Online. I'm not going to lie, guys. I don't know why. But I felt the need to just put some money on the Titans' money line. I got that at plus 160 on Tuesday night. And whenever that one hit the bankroll afterwards, ah, I felt good. But hey, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. And right now, at BetOnline.ag, the Tennessee Titans are a three-point favorite over the Houston Texans. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And to dive right in, the three things you need to know that have happened for the Titans since they have last played. Number three, after the Titans' 42-16 win over the Buffalo Bills, the, the Titans are one of four remaining undefeated teams in the NFL, and they currently are number one in the AFC Number two on the list, the Titans have activated wide receivers Adam Humphreys and Cameron Batson from the reserve slash COVID-19 list. So it will be good to be able to get those guys back out there as the Titans start to prepare for the Houston Texans. Whenever it comes to guys still currently on the COVID-19 list as it relates to the 53-man roster, those players are wide receiver Corey Davis, defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons, tight end Michael Pruitt, and fullback Kari game. But hopefully, come Sunday, the Titans are close to back to full strength. And number one on the list of things you need to know, Wednesday afternoon, the Titans have traded outside linebacker Camilla Correa to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Titans are sending Correa to Jacksonville along with the Titans' seventh-round pick in exchange for the Jaguars' sixth-round pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Correa wanted out. The Titans obliged and sent him on his way. The Titans are going to look to get Derek Roberson to fill in for where Correa would play. Correa was inactive on Tuesday night after coming off of the COVID-19 list. He will have to clear COVID protocols before being able to join the Jaguars, but it looks as though that trade is final. I also wanted to add we will not be talking about Josh Norman on today's episode just out of respect for his family during these trying times. Anytime you watch a murder take place on live television, it is always extremely gruesome. And so, like I said, out of respect, we will leave that one to other shows. But my God, that was incredible. I mean, that was absolutely amazing. But um, Josh, uh, we uh, prayers, prayers go out to you and your family. All right, moving on. And that is going to have us transition into breaking down the Titans, 42-16, dominating win over the Buffalo Bills. And at this time, I'd love to bring in my co-host, Denard Walker as we talk about this game. Denard, it has been an up and down journey for the Titans as we have battled through the issues surrounding with COVID, having players and a lot of players being put on the COVID-19 reserve list. The Titans go into this game definitely short whenever you're talking about having a full deck of cards and somehow we're able to just completely dominate Buffalo from the opening kickoff all the way to the close. When I'm looking back on my time at Tennessee Titans performances, there's a lot of games where I've gone in, and I would say I probably haven't felt great. Seeing as the team has not been able to practice, they've not been able to have all of their weapons. I wasn't super confident going into this one. But the Titans just absolutely came out and showed the rest of the league that they are not a team to be trifled with. And when you were looking at what you saw on Tuesday night, Break it down for us, D. What? What? I mean, what what was the first thing that came to your mind?
1: First thing that came to mind was resilient and absolute. And second thing came to mind was I was stunned. (laughs) I was absolutely stunned at what I witnessed last night. I could not believe it. I'm sure when you was looking at the game, you probably was thinking just like I was. This team came out last night on fire in fuego, man. And I tell you what, it looked like they have been practicing for two weeks on air. And it looked like Buffalo hasn't practiced in like two or three weeks. And I mean, I was absolutely stunned. And I got to give credit where credit is due. Mike Vrabel, let me tell you something to a lot of you young coaches out there. This is where you earn your paycheck as a coach, is when everything is pointing at you and it's not good and you come out firing like you did last night. That team could have caved it in. They could have made excuses, and they didn't. And that starts with the head coach, Mike Vrabel. What a heck of a job. I will say the, uh, another word, but I can't. We on air, but I will say this. That was one of the greatest coaching performances I've witnessed in the past 25 years of being part of the NFL in college football. That was phenomenal.
0: Wow, that's some high praise right there. I mean, I think I'm with you. Like To have your team ready, given the circumstances, he has had the Titans take on the approach of it's them against the world. And after some of the comments that we saw from around the league, possible punishments that might be handed down for saying that the Titans did everything wrong when it came to managing protocols, the team, you could tell, they had that chip on their shoulder and they were ready to go in there and light Buffalo up. When we're talking about some of these stats, Ryan Tannehill, he's undervalued right now with the amount of that money that they gave him over the offseason. Like, he's underpaid based off that type of performance. He was 21 of 28, only 195 yards, but he had three touchdowns, a QBR of 97.1, took zero sacks, had zero turnovers, had a passer rating of 129.3. And, I mean, when we were coming into this game, you know, I'm I'm kind of looking at, all right, well, the Titans – Their offensive line is fairly healthy. None of our guys are on the COVID list there. Our receivers are pretty much decimated. You got A.J. Brown coming back off of a knee injury. No Corey Davis, no Adam Humphreys. Those have been pretty much the two go-to guys for Ryan Tannehill over the last couple of weeks, and he's able to get some of these guys that we've not really seen much of and get them involved in the game. Whenever you're looking at the performance he had, being able to rally that team around him, just be extremely smart with the football, just take advantage. I, I thought we were going to come out and we were going to try to run the ball down that defense because they were out with without linebacker Matt Milano, who's kind of their centerpiece on that Bills defense. But the Titans really didn't even try to feature Derrick Henry that much. I mean, he had 19 carries, and this is one of those games where I'm thinking, hell, he could see the ball get 30, 35 carries. And they're like, no, 19 carries, 57 yards, only a long of 12, but he did have two touchdowns. You know, I also thought, hey, Darrington Evans is a guy that's not been able to play much. They might try to get him involved, but he got hurt early, so they weren't able to kind of stick with that plan, but it it didn't matter. The Titans were just the better team. They dominated on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, and you come out on top 42 to 16, as I said. And if you're looking at the lines for this game, everyone had Buffalo favored you sure as hell didn't have anyone thinking we're going to win, the Titans are going to win by 26 points, but they were not going to be denied last night.
1: It baffles me being a part of this game for so long is that when everything goes wrong, you always blame who? Usually the quarterback. Quarterback or the coaches. Somebody's got to take the heat. And as I just alluded to about Mike Vrabel, I believe you are a reflection of how you coached. They took on the demeanor of their head coach last night. Tough, resilient, smart. Those are just some of the attributes that Mike has. You gotta understand Mike's DNA in this league. He played about what, 15, 16 years in the National Football League between Pittsburgh and New England. God knows how many Super Bowls he's been in. I stopped counting. He's been in some big games. He's coached under Urban Meyer, one of the great minds in college football. He coached with Bill O'Brien. He was a defensive coordinator there at Houston. And then, and I don't believe in saying the word GOAT, but when you talk about Bill Belichick, you got to consider him as one, he's going to go down as one of the greatest coaches to ever coach this game. He's worked with the best. And he he takes on that persona. That's what your team did last night. They took on the persona of their head coach. What I was so proud to see from this team last night is everybody, including us, we've made excuses of why this team would probably come out flat. They've had, what, three days of practice, and basically, hey, that's a walkthrough. And what did they do? They just they just opened the doors at the facility Saturday for the team to practice. They've had three days to get ready for this game, and these guys came out on fire. And, just, and, and for me to witness that as a former player, I was speechless because I literally had Buffalo basically dismantling this team. But you know what, this team, when they talk about me against like us against the world, when you're talking about a team that says we're not listening to the naysayers, that's exactly what this team did last night. I'm sure, like you said, when you're talking about the line and the spread, there's a lot of people in Vegas right now saying you got to be kidding me, (laughs) you know, but that's exactly what you want in a team. We talk about grit. When we talk about mental toughness, that's what they showed last night. They showed the grit, the grind that it takes to win in the National Football League. Because this is a team that was dealing with so many issues, so much adversity for the last two weeks. We didn't even know who was going to play. And you remember last week, what was that, a couple of weeks ago, we had the uh, show with the guys from Pittsburgh. You remember that? And we got a little heated a little bit because, you know, I was talking about them dying pieces, them gems. The practice squad guys. You the remember that, D? The next you know, we man was going up. At a bit. Yeah, you and I. Next going man ahead. up. Ooh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you this. I told you so. You I told right. you so. Cody Hollister. I was right. Say that again, D. You were right, man. I like to hear you when you say that.
0: You are right. Hey, we're going to have another opportunity to talk with Ike say, later say, on. Say that
1: one more time. You don't know how excited I got. Denard, you were right. And you're say gonna say have that just one more Denard, time. Denard, Denard
0: you. Thank you. you You were right, and you're going to have another opportunity to talk to Ike about that whenever the Steelers game comes up. Because, I'm going to be honest, he's kind of looking like a fool right now after that. But, Denard, the question I wanted to get to you, and this was, coming into the game, the biggest talking point was how Josh Allen has really started to set himself above a lot of the other quarterbacks in the league. How he has continually progressed throughout his time in the NFL. And whenever you get down to it, he did not have that great of a game. The Titans, which I thought he was going to be able to light us up. I mean, I know you love Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is one of your favorite receivers in the yes. game. And when you're looking at the Titans' defense, the cornerbacks that we have, Malcolm Butler, Jonathan Joseph, they're very intelligent defensive backs, but they're not exactly what I would call fast. And so I thought the game plan that Mike Vrabel had to constantly play zone, drop back, and... Essentially, just let Josh Allen have to beat you was bold, but it worked. You didn't get burnt by any of the receivers. You were able to can, at least keep that contained for enough. And eventually, Josh threw two picks, both to Malcolm Butler, and we made him pay for it.
1: You led to 14 points.
0: So, but, from from an defensive back standpoint, what, what was so great about that game plan that you're looking back on now and you're just thinking, like, man, like, we talk about this as a copycat league. Like, did the Titans just put forth the blueprint to beat the Buffalo Bills?
1: No, but it worked for the Titans because I, get, I guarantee you that Sean McDermott's going to go back. He's going to change everything up because he knows that a team, again, it is a copycat league. If you allow two teams to do the same thing, then usually as a coach, you're out of a job. So that's not going to happen, especially with a good coach like Sean McDermott. Let me tell you something. You know, You know my opinion. I believe everything starts up front. And I'm going to break it down. You guys want X's and O's? I'm going to give it to you right now. The bottom line is this, is that it started up front. Josh Allen basically didn't have no time all night. He was scrambling the whole night. The Titans front, in particular, a guy that had a great game, Harold Landry, was a beast. He was a beast. He was literally, every time that Josh went back to throw, half of the time of the game, he was scrambling to your right, to your left. And any time that you get a quarterback out of the pocket, He's not very comfortable throwing the ball on the run. That's what they did a great job. They got him out of the pocket. He wasn't able to step up. Yeah, he got a couple runs in there. That's going to happen. But when you literally, every time that your defensive line is collapsing in the pocket, guess what? It puts a quarterback under duress. And the first thing the Titans did well is they shut down the running game. They only had 95 yards rushing. So every defensive coordinator, when he goes into a game, The first thing that he always puts down is stop the run. They had 95 yards rushing. And 18 of those yards came from Josh Allen when he scrambled. So this was a defensive line, first of all, that basically took it to Buffalo's offensive line. That's where the game was won. And typically when you can win on the defensive line, guess what? It gives your secondary a chance to win. I played on defensive lines for two years at Tennessee. We were not that good. And when I say not that good, we were decent. We were average. And then what happens is in the back half, a lot of times we're getting exposed because you got to cover a little longer. But then we got a guy by the name of Javon Curse. And when we got the freak, guess what happened? Those quarterbacks basically were just throwing us the ball. It made us look like we was a great secondary. We finished number one in the the NFL in 2000. And that's exactly what they did. They basically made Buffalo one-dimensional. They took away their strength, and they took away Stephon Diggs. Again, the difference between the secondary last night and against Minnesota, it keeps everything in front of you. See, that's what you want. And that's what they – Buffalo wasn't able to get behind the defense last night. I told you this. If you're not giving up the explosive plays, that will give you a chance to win every week. It gives you an opportunity, number one, to create plays. And that's what they did well. They kept everything in front of them. Yeah, Stephon Diggs had 100 yard, 106 yards receiving. He wasn't effective all night. You know why? Because they double-teamed him. They had him sometimes triple-teamed. So basically what they did was say, listen, we're going to make Andre Roberts. We're going to make Isaiah McKenzie. Gabriel Davis beat us. And those guys wasn't able to do it. And let me tell you something else. We talked about this in the summer about this guy named Chris Jackson. Out of Where? Marshall, I told you, D, I said this guy, when I was breaking him down, he's a what? He's a ball hawk. This young man has been playing lights out. He doesn't get enough credit. And the old man, Jonathan Joseph, played great. But Malcolm Butler was the X factor. And that secondary last night, they played as good as I've seen any unit play in the league all year. And what they were able to do, because Cole Beasley was ineffective for the first half. He didn't even have a catch. And then you saw them trying to feature him in the second half because they knew they were shutting on. They was double-teaming. That's what you do. You make somebody else win. And that's why I said Tennessee secondary, it starts up front. The big dogs up front play well. They play great. You don't necessarily have to get the sacks. But when you see a quarterback 90, 90% of the time under duress running to his right or left laterally, that means the defense line They're doing their job. And that's where i say they won that game last night. Defensive side of the ball played great, man. Lights, hands down, one of the best performances I've seen all year from a defense.
0: I, I thought we had a good performance. I wouldn't go as far as saying it was one of the best. I, my biggest concern for the Titans last night was third down. On Tuesday night, the Buffalo Bills were 13 of 17 on third down conversion. You really got to cut that number down. They had a lot of those. I want to say four of those came on their second drive where they were able to get a touchdown and tie the game up 7-7. Seven to seven. But at that point, I thought it was going to be a long night because they were able just to continue to have Allen scramble around and just eventually find the open guy on in our zone. And so that's definitely a number we're going to have to work on cutting down. And the statistics for this game, I will say, doesn't really tell the whole story because if you kind of look at it, you're like, Man, if Buffalo is going to have 69 total plays of offense, they're only going to take one sack. They're going to have Al- Josh Allen throw for close to 300 yards. Like, they're probably going to come out all right. They led in time of possession, but the Titans had that bend but don't break to where kind of put the team in situations to where they were going to be able to be successful, especially in the second half. And a lot of that just goes to coaching really making sure that in the second half, you know what, they're probably going to try to change and get Cole Beasley more involved, sit down on the zone, just catch the short pass and see what they can get. But the Titans, they would give a little here, but they made sure that it wasn't going to break them at the end of the day.
1: You know, l- let me say this as a former player, and coaches will say this also, is that we get so bombarded with stats. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a love, i love to kind of go back. In, in 2000, who would eventually win a Super Bowl? It was the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens went into Nashville, Tennessee. It was called Adelphia College then, and they went in with a quarterback by the name of Trent Dilfer. This is a team that went into Tennessee, the team that was favored to win the Super Bowl that year. They beat the Titans, and let me give you a quick illustration of this. You know how many? You know <clears throat> how many total yardage the Baltimore offense had against the Tennessee Titans defense, which was the number one ranked defense in the NFL. 100 yards of total offense. So if you see a team that holds a one unit, your opposing team, to 100 yards of total offense, don't you think that should give a team an opportunity to win the game? 50 yards rushing and 50 yards passing, but Baltimore still came out of there with a victory. Stats are good. Stats are great. But they don't necessarily determine the course of a game. We saw that last night. Yeah, Josh put up some good, good numbers, but he also made some costly mistakes. And that's what happened in Tennessee in 2000. They made some costly errors, some mistakes, and that's what got them beat. And that's what actually eluded them from not going back to the Super Bowl in 2000, was costly mistakes. You can have, all, you can have 400 yards like Kurt Warner in the 1999 Super, Super Bowl 34. But again, the score was 16-16 in the fourth quarter. They end up going 24-16 when they got the long explosive play on Denard Walker. But we won't discuss that, David. So you act like you didn't hear that. I won't bring it up. Man. But let me just say this. But what, what happens is, is that a lot of people look at statistics. They don't necessarily look at the costly errors. They don't look at Brent Kern. You remember we talked about Brent Kern. But sometimes we won't really see what he did last night. He was a beast and putting them in bad field position all night with all of the great punts that he was able to, to get off last night. Matt. But Milton. we don't see that. Milton's really stepped Mil- up in the special Ooh, team well, game. No, oh, I got him. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. Milton is a beast. Did you see did you see the the, the one player, a great tackle twice? He basically almost owed his own pinned them down twice in the red zone. We don't see those, those little things. That's what adds up to something big in this league. That's why I tell people all the time, listen, it's a game of attrition. Sometimes teams are going to make some plays. Sometimes teams are going to make some mistakes. When they make a mistake, you make them pay. You make them pay, it gives you a chance to win. And that's what I loved about last night. They made Josh Allen, he made some costly errors, and it cost them literally the game. So again, Tennessee capitalized. Buffalo wasn't able to. That's why the score was forty-two to sixteen. It should have been forty-two to ten, is what it should have been, because they gave up a cheap touchdown in the fourth quarter. And we'll talk. I don't want to. I don't want to discuss that play because, listen, that was a cheap one. So we'll let that one go.
0: (laughs) Denard, before we we kind of transition off of this, the last stat I did want to kind of give whenever we are talking about it, and I do think this is one that whenever the Titans had been successful here especially with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, they usually come out on top. And that is red zone efficiency. Tuesday night, the Titans were 6 of 6 in the red zone for touchdowns. And when you look at it, Ryan Tannehill, he helped his team, I mean, threw three touchdowns in the red zone, one rushing touchdown in the red zone, and his overall performance, my, my one key pro football focus stat for Tuesday's night's game, was that Ryan Tannehill turned in his highest grade of his career in Week 5, according to Pro Football Focus, gaining a 95.0 rating, which that's probably the – I can't awesome. think of a quarterback having a higher rating this year on that. I'd have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure that's the highest quarterback rating in a game this season. But it was just fun to watch him take control of that offense. And since he has become the starter in Tennessee, he's 11-3 and as that starter. That's great. I mean, that's like that's that's incredible numbers right there. And so if he can keep this up, the Titans are now one of four undefeated teams left in the NFL. But this team's going to continue to win big games, set themselves up for a great run once we get into the playoffs and hopefully the COVID situation is behind us. We've got a lot of guys that have now started to come off that list should be ready as we get going to Houston and I'm just looking forward to watching this team play again on Sunday because if they do anything like we saw on Tuesday night, it's going to be fun for the fans once again. And not to mention, as we kind of transition into Houston real quickly, Houston 1-4, obviously it's a rivalry game. This isn't the same Houston team we have seen in years past. Now, we've, we haven't had a chance to really talk about this, but head coach, general manager, play caller Bill O'Brien was fired before the Texans' most recent game. We talk about the Titans on the defensive front being able to get pressure on the quarterback and we know that Deshaun Watson can make some guys miss, but that offensive line is suspect to say the least and the Titans will hopefully have a field day there and I don't see the Texans defense being enough to really limit this Titans offense, especially if we start to get guys cleared again. And right now, the most recent news on the receiving front is that Cameron Batson, who was mostly on the practice squad. He has been cleared from the COVID-19 list, and the Titans also get back Adam Humphreys, who is, in my opinion, their best option on third down, Mr. Reliable. And so now that they're starting to get those guys back, hopefully we get Jeffrey Simmons back on the defensive side of the ball here soon. So things are starting to really click for the Titans, and as we move forward to take on Houston this coming Sunday, 1 Eastern, I'm feeling pretty good about the Titans' chances right now.
1: Yeah, you know what? If you're Tennessee now, okay, we always talk about these trap games. And this is one of the things that scares a lot of coaches. I've seen this time and time again where a team is hot, and then all of a sudden you walk into a game and you look at another team's record, What you can end up doing if you don't take care of business, you can end up jump-starting somebody else's season. So if you're Tennessee right now, you know, listen, we're 4-0. This is not the big big plan, right? The big plan for us is playing in the Super Bowl this year, getting past the AFC. We're we're, we're fighting for something special. Let me tell you something. Houston is going to take the same mentality. You cannot take no team in this league lightly. Not to mention you got Deshaun Watson. So you know, hey, what does he always wear that little Superman? So one of the things you got to do is make sure, don't let this be a trap game. Do not let this team come in and all of a sudden if they make a few plays, listen, this can be an opportunity for Romeo Cromel. This can be an opportunity for him to say, listen, I want to be a head coach. So this can be an opportunity for him to say, man, if we go in here and beat this team, this could not only jumpstart our season, get us going forward, but this can be a great opportunity for me to say, hey, I might be the coach that leads this team for years to come. If you're Tennessee, you know – I, I don't like these kind of games because teams typically sometimes will lighten up. Mike Vrabel knows this teams; he knows his teams very well. The reason he knows his team, he coached a lot of these guys. So again, I don't think it's going to be no problem getting the guys ready. They're going to have three games in twelve days. They got one out of the way; their whole thing, take care of business. And I truly believe Tennessee will do that uh, this coming Sunday. And, and I'll
0: say from someone that's been following the team as long as I have. There have been coaches in the past to where after a big game, I would feel like, all right, this is one of those games I just see us letting the foot off the gas. But as of late and under a Mike Vrabel-led team, I just don't feel that way anymore. And I I hope to see that continue because we've not really seen that be the case, and especially with Ryan at quarterback. And so it'll be fun just to watch the team again. I know after we had the 16 days without watching the Titans play, I know the fans are ready for it, and so the Titans will have con- have the opportunity to continue this opening winning streak to improve to 5-0. So, stay tuned. We will have a new show for you Monday following the Titans game versus the Texans. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. We appreciate you joining us. You've been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network, and as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com.